0: Thank you. And so another theory is that the name Allah is a contraction of al-ilah. And then we spoke about the etymology of the name or the definitions of the name ilah that we find in the shahada la ilaha illallah, and I give you five definitions. The one we rely upon above all else to take us from danger into safety, to take us from despair into hope, to take us from confusion into clarity. The one we rely upon for comfort and the one we worship worship we translated as ibada and more accurately it is to give your most extreme love that is ibada and related to that we said that everyone worships something everyone surrenders voluntarily lovingly to something or perhaps more than just one thing this is part of of ibada that everyone does ibada to something okay and then when we spoke of arahman and ahim we said that the common uh, term in both of them in the roots is Rahmah and what is Rahmah? Half of Rahmah is mercy and half of Rahmah is to uh, hold on a second and half of Rahmah is closeness or intimacy in that you when Allah Ta'ala is giving me Rahmah the purpose is to bring me closer. How? Based on my response. And how do I respond to Allah's Rahmah? With gratitude. Okay. And so, so to so we further spoke about Rahman versus Rahim. We defined Rahman as Allah being the highest in Rahmah. And we defined Rahim, Ar Rahim, as Allah being the eternal in Rahmah. So Allah is the highest in Rahmah as Ar-Rahman, and he is the eternal in Rahma as Ar-Rahim. Okay. Now that's essentially where, where we uh, left off. Now to put all of that together, so now we're getting to new material, to put all of that together, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, or I guess for you, yeah, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim What are we saying? That when we began, we said that one of the essences of Islam is connection as embodied in the ba at the beginning of bismillah right that we said one of the essences of the whole tradition is connection but now when we put all of bismillah r-Rahim together what are we saying that your entire experience in life is moment by moment allah taala putting various tests upon you asking how do you respond Good every single moment of your life is an interaction directly from allah to you and and so we often when difficulty is taking place often in our community we say okay that's a test from allah that is correct but uh every moment falls into one or more of the following five tests so one test that allah is testing you with is the test of obedience and if you can see the, the chat window, uh, I'm going to list them all out. So one one type of test that Allah is giving you is the test of obedience. Okay. Second type of test is the test of ease. Good. Third type of test is a test of struggle. the fourth type of test is a test of difficult decisions and the fifth type of test is a test of forgiveness what are we saying we're saying that every single moment in your life Allah Taala is putting a test upon you right now each and every person in this class is being tested by Allah Taala And every one of those tests of every moment of your life is going to be one or more, especially of the first four. A test of obedience, like Allah says to make your prayers, says to fast in Ramadan, make the pilgrimage, so forth and so on. A test of ease, which I suspect the fact that we're all in this class is a test that everyone is being tested with right now. Meaning you're at a home, you have the comfort of being uh, able to be in this class, this elective class. The third type of test uh, is a test of struggle. Some of us might be sick, some of us might be worried, we might have loved ones, we might be overwhelmed by work, Uh, we might have other sickness and difficulties. And then the fourth type of test is a test of difficult decisions. Sometimes you have to, sometimes all your choices in a moment are all bad choices and you have to make a a decision. Sometimes all your choices are great choices and you have to decide which way to go. Right? In the previous class that I taught just an hour ago, uh, the physician said in the class, okay, perhaps you have to decide who gets the ventilator, right? That's definitely a difficult decision. Okay. Now, how do you pass the test of obedience? That's straightforward. You pass the test of obedience by obeying. Allah okay. says to make your prayers. How do you pass? You make your prayers. Okay. He says to fast. How do you pass? You fast. Yeah. How do you pass the test of ease? You pass with gratitude. So the fact that every person is in this room is by definition that you have some amount of test of ease going on right now, which means every person in this class should be exercising gratitude, and that's going to get us into our first homework assignment in just a moment. How do you pass a test of struggle? You pass the test of struggle by persevering through. Sabah. And then how do you pass the test of difficult decisions? You make the best decision you can. Now for all of these, there are various du'as to make. There's many various supplications to make. So the the supplication to make for difficult decisions, we all know that's istikhara. So when I have to make a difficult decision in life, I make the du'a of istikhara. The du'a, one of the du'as for struggle, one of the du'as for struggle, uh, we find in Surah Al-Qasas. Surah Al-Qasas, Ayah 28, or Surah 28, Ayah 24. And this is the du'a that Prophet Moses, Prophet Musa, peace be upon him, made when he was on the run uh, from Pharaoh. This is before uh, the event with the burning bush. And and he is exhausted. He's hungry. He's essentially hit rock bottom. And then his dua, and I'll say it in English for purposes of simplicity. He's saying, "My Lord, I'm in need of any good that You send down to me." Yeah. So, so we can call that the dua of being uh, in in rock bottom. The test, uh, the dua for gratitude. You know, when you're in ease, is in Surat al ahqaf which is Surah forty-six, Ayah fifteen. Which is something I've prescribed to, to many of you over the years. Surah forty-six, Ayah fifteen, and again, this one is is within this long ayah. And the simple translation is, "My Lord, guide me to be grateful for what You have bestowed upon me and upon my parents, and uh, and guide me to work to do good in Your uh, uh, in Your favor, and then so forth and so on, and then." Uh Malahat is saying can you recite in Arabic, Rabbi Auzya niyan ashkura, nya tekalati andta alayya wa ala so forth and so on. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> that's the dua for ease. Now there's many duas for obedience, but the general dua is simply my Lord is Rabbana anzana fiddunya hasana wafilaahati wa Qina al-abanar. Okay. But what is the point that I'm making? Uh, When we're discussing Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, what we're also summing up is that every moment of life is an interaction between Allah Ta'ala and me. Every single moment. And then of the ways Allah Ta'ala interacts with me uniquely, he's putting one or more of those five tests upon me in every moment. And sometimes it could be multiple tests at the exact same time. Uh, It could be time to pray, and I could be in the comfort of my home, and at the same time I could be terrified that I'm going to get sick. Three tests all at exactly the same time. Right, and then the fourth is that okay? I have to decide. All right, do I get food or do do, do I not? Uh, because if I get food, then I'm going to get I'm going to get sick if I go outside. Four tests right there. Now the fifth test is for all the times in life where we fall short on the first four tests, and that is the prayer for forgiveness. So, and so that one is something we should always be doing. And what does that mean? At the very least, always be saying on your tongue, Astaghfirullah, 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 something like that. And we're even taught that if you keep asking Allah for forgiveness, then he's going to open a way for you from where you you weren't expecting. So once again, consider that to be one of the central points of the entirety of Islam. First, we said one of the central points of the entirety of Islam is that uh, is that you are uh, seeking connection, connection with Allah Ta'ala. And then how does Allah Ta'ala manifest that connection? Through one or more of those five tests. And then it becomes a full connection with my response. So, one way we defined kufr yesterday was ingratitude, right? Now, linguistically, we haven't talked about kufr yet you know, rejection of faith. We haven't talked about that yet. That's not going to come until until ayah 6 and 7 of, of the next surah. But what we're saying is every moment, Allah Taala, for lack of a better way to describe it, is paying attention to me, is giving me attention, and then he's opening a door for me to respond. And the door will be one of those five ways. And then I pass by walking through the door, which means... Either I, I obey, if it's a test of obedience, I am grateful, if it's a test of gratitude, I persevere, as if it's, if it's a test of struggle, uh, or I make a difficult decision, the best that I can in his service, if it's a test of a difficult decision. And again, at the same time, if I didn't walk through those those four doors, the other way to walk through those four doors is to keep seeking forgiveness, okay? So that's Mister ar-Rahman rahim Now, some technical information that is not as important is that there's a difference of opinion whether Bismillah Rahman Rahim is actually part of Surah Al-Fatiha. So Surah Al-Fatiha being the first Surah. uh, About 50% are of the opinion that it is part of Al-Fatiha and 50% of the opinion uh, uh, is that it is not. Now, why is this an issue? These are issues that come up later on as questions. At the time of the Prophet, may peace be upon him. What we see with the companions is more that they are basically watching him, and doing what he says, and then they'd ask questions related to actions. But through time, we start raising other questions, and what it seems to be the case is that the Prophet often did not always say bismillah out loud. And then the question became, is it part of the surah or not? For you and I, that becomes a technical point. Ultimately, everyone agrees that if you're reciting al-Fatiha, you should also say bismillah out loud or not. Technical point, I'll be including those periodically. But now that takes us into the rest of the surah. So from Alhamdulillah rabbil all the way to the end. So first, some, some uh, definitions. Alhamdulillah, hamd itself has two parts. So half of hamd is, is thana. And what is thana? Like the name in Urdu, Sana, What is thana? It is praise. Half of humd is gratitude. And again, notice this theme of gratitude runs through the entirety of the tradition over and over again. Because alhamdulillah is perhaps one of the most repeated verses of any language of any tradition all across the world. And and it's half, or it's saying thank God is half of it, saying praise be to God is half of it. But this is humd. Good. So now, here's the question for all of you, and either you can chime in on the text or you can chime in on voice. Why do we do praise or gratitude to God? How would you answer that question? Anyone who wants to break the ice with an answer?
1: Praise the Lord.
0: Okay, thank you for praising the Lord. Why are we praising the Lord? Anyone who wants to venture. I mean, your answer is going to be correct. So Mariam says, for ourselves. And I guess what you mean is for what is happening in our lives and all those things. Yeah. That would be correct. What else? Why else do we praise and express gratitude to Allah? Because of numbers one through five above? Absolutely. And why else? Moving even above that, to pass the test of ease. Yes, that's expression of gratitude. Uh, Is it sabika or sabika? I forgot. I think it's sabika, right? and uh, to remain humble. That's actually a very, very important point. That when we are elevating Allah, by extension, we are also minimizing ourselves. That very often, what is it that makes passing any of those tests difficult? It is, as we'll see later on, it is going to be difficulty in me being humble. Okay, worship, absolutely. To train ourselves, to turn to the correct source that can help us, all of these are correct. And the reason above all of them is that Allah is worthy of hamd just because he is Allah. Even if Allah did nothing, he is still worthy of all praise. He is still worthy of all gratitude. Okay. So there's this, there's this. also this principle that one of the names of Allah is the creator, Al-Khaliq. And the overall agreement is that he is the creator, even if he hasn't created anything. Yeah. So it's not relative to us. And so in the same way, all praise and gratitude are due to Allah just because he is Allah. All the answers that you've given us, and Ashley has also just said, because he sustains us, yeah, all of your answers, mashallah, are, are totally correct. And I'm saying above all of that, the reason that praise and gratitude are due to him is just because he is Allah. Now, Alhamdulillah, and then Rabbil Alameen. Before getting to Rabbil Alameen, let me give you now your first assignment. Okay, you know, you thought you made it through yesterday without any homework, but I do appreciate all of you signed on um, to, to the class, even though there's going to be homework, homework. Some of you have already received this assignment from me in the past, so it will not be much of a change. Here's what you have to do every single day. The homework assignment is going to take literally about 60 seconds. That's it. But as you keep doing it day after day, it's going to start getting more and more difficult, and yet it will only remain 60 seconds long. Okay, step one. You have to list out five things to be grateful for from the past day. Anything from the past 24 hours, just reflect. If you do this assignment after class, think of uh, uh, now in the past 24 hours. If you do the assignment in the middle of the day, past 24 hours, okay? And it doesn't mean you are grateful for these things, whatever they are. These are things you should be grateful for. Okay, Boston's question, can it be the five same things? No, you cannot repeat. So Vasi just uh, enacted the example we had from the story of followers of Moses, peace be upon him, when they were told to slaughter a cow. And if they left it at that, they could have just slaughtered any cow, but then they started asking how old, what color, so forth and so on. Okay, hard under quarantine. Yes, it'll get it'll get difficult. Okay, okay so first thing is you have to list out five things to be grateful for. And my suggestion is, depending upon how you conduct yourself, either do it in a notebook or do it with uh, in a document. Okay, so Malahat has decided to share his file with with all of us, mashallah, um, and he cannot repeat any of those for the next time. Okay, that's part one. Part two: for each one, list and say from as deep within yourself as you can, alhamdulillah. And your goal is try to do it from as deep within you can as you can, and if you feel like you're not even going that deep within yourself, fine. But you wanna say alhamdulillah for each one. So for Malahat's case, you know, the internet is working, alhamdulillah, food, alhamdulillah, family, alhamdulillah, so forth and so on, okay? Part three. You have to say or recite the du'a, in that I mentioned above, the du'a of gratitude. Yeah. You could do it in English or you could do it in Arabic, whichever is easier for you. And then, in fact, if someone wants to quickly pull up in fact I'll just do it. Um, Um, I'll get the text for it now what is the purpose of this exercise the purpose of this exercise is is to get better and better at manifesting gratitude within ourselves Uh, let's see it is Okay. <clears throat> and so, and then if you do it in Arabic, that's better, but if you do it in English, it's still fantastic. Now, if you can do the 60 second exercise daily, now now keep in mind, this is going to be some days you're going to forget, some days you're going to get too busy. Skip those days and just pick up wherever you left off. If you miss two days, don't do like 10, uh, 10 things to list out. Just do 5555, five, 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 whatever day it is. But try your best to be as frequent as, as you can. It doesn't have to be the same ju- uh, same day. All right, so so we got Gibria here. Okay, and notice that right after Allah is biryani. Okay, so so the point is, you say for each one, in the case of Muhammad, what's Muhammad Banawan? This is your name. So Kibriya Chaudhary, um, he's saying he's grateful for Allah. So he would say, Alhamdulillah. And then he would make this whole du'a. My Lord, guide me to be grateful for you bestowed upon me and upon my parents, so forth and so on. And then for family, alhamdulillah. My Lord, guide me to be grateful, so forth and so on. And then this class, my job, your yawning. Okay? Now, here's what will happen if you can get yourself to do this exercise on a regular basis. What you will see over the course of, give or take, about six to nine months is you are going to see a transformation in how you interact with the world. And this is also giving us one of the central points about how the Quran operates. The concept of the ayah, okay. So as you know, the Quran is organized in surahs and ayahs. So the general meaning of the word surah, it relates to the wall that used to be around an old city. So if you go to Jerusalem today, there's a wall and within the wall is old Jerusalem. Okay. And if, if old Baghdad was still around, there was a circular wall around around the city that made uh, the city. That's sur. So surah comes from that concept. And so a way to translate surah is like a city of guidance. Yeah. And we often translate as chapter, but essentially a city of guidance. Or, to put in simple words, a complete discourse. And then, as you know, ayah, ayah, me translates as sign. Now, think about what that is saying. Uh, It's saying that everything is a sign of something. Okay. So, really quickly, I'm going to unmute all of you and I'm going to do a very, very simple exercise. And I want you to answer the very first thing that comes to mind. So you don't even think, okay, so I've unmuted everyone, okay, so, okay, so you hear all kinds of noises and everything. This the sound like a Muslim household, okay, so, so let me mute you for a second, okay. So I'm going to give you a one or two sentence scenario. And then I'm just gonna clap and don't think, tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Those of you who've already taken this exercise with me, don't talk, everyone else, whatever the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, Everybody ready? Okay, Mariam, you ready? Sammy, huh okay, all right. Here goes, okay, we got all the noise back. You're walking down a street and you see a leaf falling from a tree. First thing that comes to mind, talk. Play, Okay, uh-huh. what, did Plant. Plant. Hanna, what did you say? Plant. Plant. Hannah, what did you say? Paul. Paul. Miriam? Sammy? Paul. Abdullah?
1: Fire department.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Ashley, what was the first thing that came to mind?
1: A real cloak.
0: Okay. Uh, Stephanie, first thing that came to mind? Uh. <laughs> Let mute all you guys. Okay. So, quite a few of you said fall. Ashley said Rooney. Okay, mashallah. Jenna, uh, Jenna Alia said 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 fall as well. Boston said nothing. Boston's brain was probably not understanding what the scenario was. Okay, mashallah. Anyway, so, so why did so many people say fall? Because you're conditioned, um, especially if you... Oh, mashallah, autumn. So, so Suleiman, who's a lab school student, he doesn't say fall, mashallah, he says autumn. Okay. In any case, so, so the point is that uh, we've been conditioned that we associate a leaf falling from a tree with the change of seasons, and thus we associate it with fall. Chances are, for for most of you, especially if you said fall, that uh, the leaf that I had described, you probably imagined wasn't green. It probably was some fall color, orange, brown, red, yellow, etc Because we are socially conditioned to interact with our environment, to look at our environment in particular ways. Yeah. And to make this point further, the second you enter into a room or into an environment, you are immediately interpreting. So let's say you enter a classroom, you're looking at who's sitting there, where are people sitting, what do I interpret of what their mood seems to be, uh, where, uh, what is the lighting like? You're always interpreting. You are constantly interpreting all day long in every scenario. Okay. But how you interpret, almost all of it is socially conditioned through the course of your life. So, just like, you know, when we talk about power and privilege, if I'm part of a particular demographic, I'm probably being conditioned to look at the world one way. If I'm part of a different demographic, I'm probably looking at the world a different way. You know, if I'm a white male versus a person of color female, I'm probably being conditioned to look at the world two different ways. And yet, both those people might be raised of the exact same block their whole lives. Yeah. But the point is that we are constantly being socially conditioned because we are constantly interpreting And this is one of the central experiences of life that the Quran is addressing. It is addressing how do you think? How do you interact with your world outside of you? How do you interact with the world within you? This is the idea of the ayah. And so what we've said with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is that every moment is actually a moment where Allah is interacting with you. Every moment is the moment that Allah is imposing upon you with the question of how do you respond. That's every moment of your life. And then he's interacting with you in one of those five ways. And then we talked about how to then respond to each of those five ways. And that is the essence of how the whole rest of the Qur'an is operating. And so, because one of the central challenges is to respond to with gratitude, what are we also saying? That all five of those tests are actually tests of Rahmah. Okay. The test of obedience is actually the rahma of Allah. Okay. That If you and I are imagining, okay, i got to make my prayers and i got to fast, and that's a burden, then I'm already misunderstanding it. I want to shift my thinking to see these obligations that I have as actually a mercy that Allah is putting upon me. And again, through the course of this surah and future surahs, we're going to work on how to develop that, inshallah. Right now, try to just internalize the concept. When Allah Ta'ala is giving me ease, that's easy to understand as mercy. But we're also saying when he's giving me difficulty, I want to transform my thinking to see that as mercy from God. One simple way that's mercy from God, of course, is that it's going to make me stronger if I persevere through it. Uh, It may potentially make me more compassionate, so forth and so on. And then by extension, difficult decisions are also a mercy because I feel compelled to turn to God for help. Okay, which way do I go? I don't know which way to go. And of course forgiveness is also a seeking of good, of Allah's mercy. So again, what am I saying? That every moment of my life is Allah pouring rahma on me through one or more of those five tests. And then it becomes complete rahma because we said rahmah is half mercy, half closeness by how I respond. Do I respond by bringing myself closer or do I respond by turning myself away? That is the essence of the entire experience of life. Okay, so far so good. So now we spoke about Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, and, and so Rabb is one of those words that is next to impossible to translate into English. So in contem- contemporary Arabic, we would mean it as like the lord of something, the sovereign of something, Rabul bait is like the boss of the house, so forth and so on. Okay. So I'm gonna give you the full translation into English of rub. and this is an open offer. If anyone can summarize this into two words or less, and it be accurate, I'll give you $10. You don't have to do it right now, but at some point. Okay, So 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 what is this? Rab equals the one who takes you from immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. That's what Rabb really means. Okay. When we say Allah is Rabb al-Alamin, Allah is the one who takes you from mature, immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. Uh, the word that I use closest to that is nourisher, but as you can imagine, that doesn't even capture it. Focus mentor, I think uh, Sammy is a good guess. One who molds you at a specific pace—that works, but that's far more than four words. If you're a physician, I'm going to be concerned about your your doses, your uh, prescriptions. Uh, okay, so Rub is artist. Mm. Only an artist would say artist. So that was really nice, mashallah. So the one who takes you from immaturity to maturity according to your unique design. Now, think about this. When we spoke of Rahman and Rahim in the first ayah, we said Rahman is general mercy for everyone. When you have time, can you repeat the idea that Allah is interacting with it every moment? Okay, inshallah, uh, remind me at the end. We said Rahman is general mercy that Allah gives to everyone. Rahim, when paired with Rahman, is the particular relationship of mercy that everyone, that Allah has with you. So that is further explained now by Allah as Rabb. That at one point we said that Allah is pouring mercy upon you. Now, what else is he doing? He is, holy cow, Hannah, is that your kid? He's got a big mashallah. Okay, anyway, so so we're saying that as Rabb, he is taking you through your whole life cycle. So he is taking everything in all creation through its full life cycle. So if we speak at the level of the universe, he is taking the universe through its whole life from start to finish, where every step of it is by design. Nothing of it is arbitrary. Or if we speak at the subatomic level, he's taking every quark from start to finish through its full life cycle. And then for you and I, he is by design taking each of us through our whole life cycle which means what every test you're getting hit with is specifically designed for you to make you grow into maturity so one way we said every test is a mercy to bring you closer to him and within dunya within the world every test is to make you grow and mature so that's every moment. Now, keep in mind, you and I are only going to notice like big defining moments and such, but that's actually the design of every moment to make us mature, to bring us uh, uh, in growth. And what is maturity? Essentially, it is to be deeper in our understanding of our relationship with the law. And so a way to think about this is, you know, we have people of all assorted ages uh, in, in, in this group. We have we a have, uh, you know, people who are in their mid to late teens in this group. Mashallah. <coughs> and that we have people who are dinosaurs like me and Malahat in this group and, and so forth and so on. And, and, and the point is that think about how you looked at life when you were 10 and those of you who are older than that. Think about how you looked at life when you were 20 and those who are older think about how you looked at life when you were 30. It's probably fair to say your understanding of life has matured um, through those, those various decades. And part of the point is that Allah Taala is also maturing you through the whole course of your life. So this is Rab, and when we're saying he's Rab of all the worlds, he is doing that for everything in all of the worlds. And there's a couple theories, uh, and we'll be finishing it off shortly, a couple theories for what are all the worlds. In modern times, we think of it as different galaxies. uh, over the over the generations, one way people thought of it is this, there's the world of humans, there's the world of angels, there's the world of jins. When I say the word jinns, all the undergrads get happy. Uh, another theory is that these are all the different realms of knowledge and such. But let me just ask you one one fun question. Okay. Again, this is this, there's no right answer to this, Sorry far as we know. Do you believe that there's intelligent life on other planets? What do you think? Because here it says, Rabbil Alameen. Uh, Hannah says no. Mariam says yes. Uh, Sammy, what do you think? Stephanie Late say yes. Had Saram says no. No, yes. Why not? Yes, probably. Okay. Not yeah, Sammy's going to say something like that. Not enough information to make a decision.
1: This uh, is I'm sorry, I'm only on the phone. Okay. Uh, so, so, intelligent life uh, um, other than this forum is up. Probably there. Slightly.
0: Probably? Okay. Okay. Sure. okay. Okay. Basir says, Jinns uh, maybe. Uh, Ashley makes reference to the pyramids, even though they're on Earth. But okay, you're saying they're made by aliens? Okay. Basin says, My wife is proof. Hopefully, his wife is within arm's reach uh, nearby. <laughs> they are Bengalis on other planets. All right, we got, we got a bunch of stand up comedians here. Okay. All right. So here's something fun to think about. Okay, if we look at that ayah that says, Allah is the Rabb of all the worlds. And we take all the worlds to mean that Allah is, uh, that he's the Lord of all the different galaxies and such. And if we're suggesting that there's life on other planets, then I want everyone who has a Quran in front of them, or a translation in front of them, to go to Surah 21. And here we're just about done. Go to Sura 21, Ayah 107. Oops, sorry, Uh, that was supposed to go to everybody. So Sura 21. Very, very famous ayah. So we did not send you except as a rahmah. So Allah is speaking to the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, We did not send you except as a Rahmah. Or the primary purpose or the only purpose we sent you was to be Rahmah for all the worlds. So the point I'm making is that if there is intelligent life on other planets, the Prophet, peace be upon him, is also a rahmah for them too. And then how do we make sense of that? Well, if we already believe in jinns or if we already believe in the night journey, then maybe that's also possible too. Okay, That's just more fun stuff to think about. Anyway, so back to, to, to where we were. We looked at alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And we're going to stop here. And the question that I'm going to pose pretty soon is that... We've spoken about Allah's mercy twice now, Rahman and Rahim, And then Rabb, the nourisher of everything, is also a manifestation of that mercy. A question I'm gonna be asking tomorrow for you to start thinking about today, this is not a homework assignment except to think about it, is if Allah is so merciful, then how do you explain suffering? And I'll give you a real-world scenario. Uh, I'll give you a couple real-world scenarios that we'll review again uh, tomorrow, inshallah is imagine you have a baby that is born addicted to alcohol. Okay. Where's the mercy there? Okay. Or imagine you have a baby born with a skin condition, and I forgot the name of the skin condition. is. It's called something like Deborah or something, uh, where the baby's skin is so fragile that if you touch it, it starts, it starts to bleed. Okay. And, and that includes the esophagus. And so the baby from birth only experiences pain. This is real world stuff. Or then think of the collective of a population that is suffering from genocide or something. If Allah is so merciful, how do we reconcile that? That we're not going to answer today. That we're going to explore, inshallah, tomorrow. Okay, having said that, uh, the goal is going to be to start shrinking the classes. So I said yesterday 35 to 40, 45 minutes. We're going to try to make it 30 to 35, 40 minutes, closer to 30. Uh, So right now we're at 40 minutes. We're going to stop right here. Uh, Once again, please try to start doing your your homework assignment uh, immediately, like I said. It's literally a 60 second assignment, but after a couple of days or a week and a half or something, it's going to start becoming very difficult because you're not allowed to repeat. But if you can do it on a regular basis, it is going to change your thinking. It is going to change your neural pathways in terms of how you interact with and perceive the world. You will feel the difference. Yeah. Uh, any last questions?
1: Um, I actually was confused about what time you start. It seemed like you were starting eight thirty Central Time.
0: Uh, eight thirty Chicago time, yes.
1: Chicago time. Okay. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Is there a to make uh, to make to be able to be able to forgive others too? Um, hold on to that question. Let's come back to that because uh, we're going to build up in terms of the idea of of forgiveness as well. Uh, when is uh, the next class inshallah is tomorrow? So the class is still every night uh, 830 Chicago time inshallah uh, At least tomorrow at least a day after and then we'll see about Friday Saturday Sunday inshallah uh, And then another big question How do you prevent the concept every test you're hit with a specifically designed for you from being used to justify oppressive acts? That is a profound question Which we're going to get into when we get into is six and seven of al-Baqarah um, when we get into the question of free will and predestination, inshallah. So hold on to that question when we get uh, when we get to that. You're going to see early on, there's going to be a lot of times where I'm going to postpone a question because we will be getting to these things. Um, any other questions? Okay, we'll stop right here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubi lake. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O oh Allah, wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude are to you we bear witness there is no God but you we seek your forgiveness When to to be late like and we turn to you okay i'll see you all inshallah tomorrow and Abdurrahman, uh, i'll repeat the uh, the homework assignment whoever wants to stick around you can also um, um, uh, pay attention but feel free to sign off uh, okay so so Abdurrahman, um The first step of the homework assignment uh, is uh, list out, uh, and do this every single day, list out five things to be grateful for from the past 24 hours, and you can't repeat. Any any five things, big or small. The second thing is uh, is for each one of those to list alhamdulillah. So what I recommend is do this in a notebook, or in a document. And so let's say, you know, for, for, for the past 24 hours, I say food, I say shelter, I say air, I say religion. So food, alhamdulillah. Shelter, alhamdulillah. Religion, alhamdulillah. And then also for each one, make the dua in Surah Al Ah'af, Surah 46, Ayah 15. And it's a big, long ayah, but within it is the dua that begins, so forth and so on. My Lord guided me to be grateful uh, uh, for what you have bestowed upon me and upon my parents and guided me to work these to your favor, so forth and so on. And so I do that every single day, inshallah. And literally it's like a 60-second uh, homework assignment, but because you can't repeat the list entries, uh, the homework will start getting very, very hard. It'll become like... Um, um, It'll become like uh, push-ups. Okay, um, if that's it, um, um, uh, I'll sign off, inshallah, and we'll uh, take it from there. Okay, as-salamu alaikum, everybody. As-salamu alaikum. Take
1: care um. all. Okay. Take care of. as What you Just a screenshot of Dua. Oh, it's, it's, thank you so much for making it. No problem. I appreciate it. It was very touching. Omar, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. <laughs> How are you?
0: Alhamdulillah. How are you doing?
1: So, so <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So, the whole family is attending the class. You're mm-hmm. dialing in on the ones. Still on recording. recording. Still recording. Yeah, I you know might know want that. to stop
0: that. Yeah. Because you don't know what Brother Malaha is going to say. Yeah, like we, we really have no idea what, what he's going to say. We all have to embrace ourselves. Uh, Asalaamu Alaikum, my
1: uncle. Walaikum Alaikum.